0: Scripture reading today is from Hebrews chapter 10. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence for the entrance into the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way which he inaugurated for us through the curtain, that is, his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us approach with a true heart and the full assurance of faith. Our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for the one who promised is faithful. And let us think about how to stir one another up to love and good works, not abandoning our meeting together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging each other, and by so much more as you see the day drawing near. For if we keep on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. But a certain fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that is about to consume the adversaries. Anyone who rejected the law of Moses dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much worse punishment do you think the person will be considered worthy of who treats with disdain the son of God and who considers ordinary the blood of the covenant by which he was made holy and who insults the spirit of grace? For we know the one who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, and again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God, but remember the former days in which, after you were enlightened, you endured a great struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed both to insults and to afflictions, and sometimes becoming sharers with those who were treated in this way. For you both sympathize with the prisoners and put up with the seizure of your belongings with joy because you knew that you yourselves had a better and permanent possession. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance in order that after you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. For yet, a very, very little while and the one who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteousness, one will live by faith And if he shrinks back, my soul is not well pleased with him. But we are not among those who shrink back to destruction, but among those who have faith to the preservation of our souls. Amen. Amen. Well, welcome to Mosaic Church. I hope this isn't the first time
1: you've been welcomed, but if it is, now nah, you've been welcomed. My name is Nathan. I'm one of the pastors here. More importantly, I'm just one of the members of this great church, and I'm really excited to be here with you today to share God's Word. When we start talking about a mosaic, a lot of things can come to mind, and I just want to take a look at a few mosaics and actually give you some definitions uh, from the dictionary about what a mosaic is. So we'll take a look at these. Here's first, first definition. A mosaic is a picture... Or pattern produced by arranging together small colored pieces of hard material. When you put those together, you can get something really beautiful like this. The second entry in our definition list here is a multicolored and variegated pattern. Again, when put together, it looks quite beautiful like what you see there. And then the third one, third definition here, a combination of diverse elements forming a more or less coherent now, when you see something like this, you see this one little piece here, and it's, it's pretty. It has some value. It's got some character in and of itself. You'll see a few more small pieces here. <clears throat> There's four that, in and of themselves, they have some value. But when we zoom out and we see what these little pieces actually create, isn't that amazing? It's a beautiful mosaic. This one actually was created by our music director, Christy Comanaris. Great job on that, Christy. She told me to let you know that she is pretty and single. And uh, so, and all God's people said, amen, yeah. These are some beautiful mosaics that, that we've been looking at, especially the one that she made. And you know what? The mosaic that I'm looking at right now is pretty beautiful too. When I look out across this crowd, I see some beautiful faces. In fact, would you help me out? Turn to the person next to you and tell them you look beautiful. Some of you husbands, you're welcome. You can buy me coffee later. I just helped you. Your wife's been waiting to hear that all day. Thanks thanks for telling her. <clears throat> now, but when I say this is a beautiful church, while it is a church full of beautiful people, what I really mean is that this is a church that God is building, and he's building something very beautiful among us. In fact, he's building something that transcends our ability to build, and he's growing something. Let me let you in on a secret that we don't have a formula to grow. He is doing something here that only he can do. And what is it that he's doing? He's taking broken people, different shaped people, different colored people, different cultured people, different background people, and he's putting them all together to make something entirely different, but more beautiful than in fact looks more like him. Because the truth is that's what Jesus actually looks like. He looks like none of us. In all of us at the same time. We serve a Jesus who was a Middle Eastern single man that sits at the top of the world's largest family. He had skin that was darker than white, but lighter than black. He was so poor, he had to borrow a coin just to illustrate a point, and yet the scriptures tell us that he's the owner of all things seen and unseen. He lived in a culture where family was everything. To be someone, you had to have a family. And he never even married. He was a carpenter by trade. He built things out of wood. He nailed things to pieces of wood, all the while knowing that it would be his very body that would be nailed to a piece of wood to redeem that family that had not even quite really begun. Jesus never married a woman, but the first evangelist he commissioned to tell the good news of the resurrection was not one, but two women. He made the entire world by speaking a word, but at times he couldn't find a place in the world. To lay his head. He was fully God, fully man, full of mercy, yet he'll judge the living and the dead. And some people, when they hear this, they tell me, man, Jesus is a contradiction. But what I say back to to them is that Jesus was actually a perfect mosaic, perfectly reflecting all that God is to the world and reflecting a perfect version of humanity back to God. And the church that he is building, well, it's a pretty amazing mosaic in and of itself. You know, when people ask me, man, how you guys doing what you do over there in Mosaic? I'm sometimes tempted to talk about the hard work that we do, the difficult conversations that we all have together, the self-sacrifice and the laying down of things in order to build with other people. I'm tempted to say that, but the truth of the matter is, What we're doing here is just a continuation of what Jesus started. You see, Jesus said these words right here. He said, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I came here today to tell you that this church is that church. This church is that church. Tell somebody, this church is that church. And I don't say that to disparage any other churches out there. If you're preaching the gospel, of Jesus, God made flesh, crucified, died, and buried, and resurrected, and hope for all the earth, then I celebrate your church. But I'm not a part of those churches. I'm a part of this one. So all I can tell you with authority today is that this church is that church. And that should be good news for you. Because once you realize that this church is that church, it helps you to see the mosaic more clearly. And it helps you to understand what the writer of Hebrews is talking about when he gets to verse 19. And he says this, therefore... Since we have confidence because of Jesus, because the writer there knows that he's talking to the church that Jesus is building, to a mosaic of people that Jesus is building. And so that's why he can go to verse 23 and say, hold fast to your confession of hope without wavering. Stir each other up in love and good works. Keep coming to church. Encourage one another. He goes on in verse 36 to say, don't throw away your confidence. You're going to need endurance. Go out there and live by faith and don't ever shriek back from what God's called you to because you're a part of the church that Jesus is building and this church is that church. But that's just my intro. We're going to explore this passage in about three different ways. We're going to look at two do's and one, one don't. Do number one is to keep coming together. Number two do, stir up the love. And our don't is don't shrink back. Do number one, keep coming together. For some reason that I can't quite figure out, we've become a people, a society within Christianity where people think that they don't have to go to church anymore. They think that they can just listen to the podcasts and the sermons online. And I get that. I'm a sermon junkie myself. I put my weekly listen uh, rating up against all of yours because I listen to sermons all the time. I love hearing what God's saying through people all over the world. But as, as, as much as you might do that, that's not the church. And some of you will push back and say, Nathan, the church isn't the building. I know, I know, I know. To which I would say, the church also isn't. Listen to me carefully. It's not the World Wide Web either. That's not the church. That's not the church. So when professing Christians come and they say, man, I don't have to go to church. I mean, who said I have to go to church? I say the Bible does, and it's right here in our passage today. So that's why we're talking about it. Look again at verse 24 to the 25. I really love how the uh, Christian Holman Standard puts this. It says this, And let us be concerned about one another in order to promote love and good works, not staying away from our worship meetings as some habitually do, but encouraging each other all the more as you see the day drawing near. The answer is you need to get to church a little bit more. I need to get to to, to church a little bit more. We need to get to church because the Bible says so. That's your first free answer, but I'm going to give you 20 more reasons. You ready for this? I don't know if you're ready for this third service. Are you ready for 20 more reasons on why you need to get to church? All right, well, number one is because corporate worship is different than personal worship. There is something special and awesome about coming together with a group of people and worshiping together. But I would take it a step further, and I would argue that there's something even more special about coming together with a group of people that you actually know who know you and love you and you're invested in them and they're invested in you and you come together to worship God. Man, I love coming together in this place. I love walking into this room and seeing your faces and saying, man, I get to worship with that person today. I get to walk in here and worship with John Archer. I get to walk in here with Phil Bryant and worship with him. I get to walk in here with Troy and worship with him and when I see all of you coming into this place, I start to feel a little bit like David in Psalm 22 when he said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. It's a good thing to come in here. I know, I know. Some of you will say, it's not the house of God, Nathan. You're the house of God. It's the new covenant. Okay, let me just give you, I'm going to interpret this for you on the fly. We're going to hear the new covenant version. I was glad when they said unto me, let me go worship with my people. Now it's all new covenant for you. You are the people of God. You are the house of God. When we come together, that's what we are too. Number two, we aren't just here for music and a word. We're here for each other. Don't come to church just to get your praise on and your preach on. Come to church because it's like a family reunion every single week. You know, you can listen to those messages. You can listen to the Joel Osteen channel on XM radio. But let me tell you just a little secret. Joel don't know you. And you don't know Joel. So whether you get something out of it or not, you're not getting that personal interaction with people. But coming together week after week with people who know you, who love you, is invested in you, you're invested in them, that's where the church begins to become revealed. Number three, when you show up, you might just get a timely word. I can't tell you how many times I've come into this place and either been given or been able to give a word for somebody. Somebody that I wouldn't have got if I was hanging out somewhere else. I mean, I get a lot of good words from the sermons that I listen to, but it's the words from people that know me, that actually know what I'm going through. They know the best Nate and the worst Nate and the in-between Nate and probably which one I am in that moment, and they know what to say and when to say it because God told them and because they know me. So whatever I might get from what I listen to, study, and read, sometimes it's 15 seconds with my man Alvin Brown right back here by the room when he says something to me because he knows me and God told him to it. And he comes and says, but I would have never got it if I didn't just show up. So show up and get your word from somebody who knows you. All right, number four, I'm going to go quickly through a few of these. When you come to church, you see old friends. Number five, when you come to church, you might make some new friends. Number six, showing up is a sign of discipleship. Number seven, when you show up, you just might be encouraged. Number eight, when you show up, you might get to encourage someone else. Number nine, you'll be able to actually love someone, like in person. In person. Imagine that. You the little heart-like button. You don't need that when you get to embrace someone and tell them, man, I love you. And they say, I love you too, which is what number 10 is. When you show up to church, you'll probably receive some love from somebody in person. Number 11, listen up to me, parents. If you have kids, bringing them to church instills in them a value for God and for his church. Now listen, there was a time in my, the darkest season of my life is when I wandered into this church. I didn't want to be in church. I didn't have a cognitive reason to go to church. But I knew that I had to go to church because my parents, my mom's actually here. Hi, mom. My parents... They said, unless you are puking or running a fever, you're going to get your behind dressed and go to church today. So they built into me a positive habit that would serve me later in life when I thought the church had abandoned me. I thought the church had rejected me, but something was inside of me because of what they did that said, No, it hasn't. Get your behind to church. And then the people of God, the house of God, began to stir up and rebuild the house of God within me. And now I begin to walk with people who love me and I began to serve God in the way He intended for me to do. And I shudder to think what would have happened to my life in 2004 had my mom not told me all the way back in 1984, you're going to church today. So thank you. Number 12, when you come to church, you'll be able to pray for someone. Number 13, you'll be prayed for. Number 14, guess what, everybody? You can bring somebody with you to church. This is a safe place to bring your friends. I've never tried this, so I I don't think it would go too well. You can try if you want, but I'm trying to imagine if I just grab somebody who doesn't know Jesus and say, Hey, man, let's sit down and listen to this podcast together and have some cookies, and then we'll talk about what you heard, and we'll see if you decide to. What I would much rather do is bring someone into the safety of this place. To meet my friends who are the house of God, who love Jesus, who love to worship Jesus, whose lives have been changed and transformed by the power of Jesus and say, this is my church. And we love you. And so does the God that we serve. Bring somebody to church with you. Number 15, go ahead, get out your phones and get ready to fact check me because I promise you it's the truth. Number 15, if you go to church, you will live longer. (laughs) USA Today, look it up. Here we go. Here's the quote for you. Adults who regularly go to church reduce their mortality risk by 55%. For those who did not attend church, they were twice as likely to die prematurely than those who did. I didn't make it up. How many people want to live just a little bit longer? Get your tail to church. <laughs> Number 16, being with other Christians will strengthen your faith. Your faith is made strong by seeing the faith of others. Number 17, it promotes stability and dependability in your life. By the way, especially if you're serving other people and not just showing up to get fed. When you're showing up to serve someone instead, and you're faithful about it, and you don't know show all the time, and you begin to come in and say, I said I would do it, so I'm going to do it because I love these people and they love me. Guess what? You become a more dependable person. How many would like to be a more dependable person tomorrow than you are today? It also, number 18, reflects that your life is about something more than just you. Wouldn't it be a great place if everyone's life was about something more than just them? Coming to church will help develop that in you. Number 19, Being planted. Will help you flourish. You can't grow if you don't have any roots in the ground. Being planted will help you flourish. And number 20, I wish I could give you 100. We just stay here till dinner, but they won't let me do that. So we're going to stop here. But number 20 is you belong here, you matter. It should be good news for you today to know that you matter to us. You matter to God. You matter to the people sitting next to you. We love you. Which brings me to number two. Do stir up the love. And I want to tell you today that what I'm saying to you in these next few moments is not just for me. I'm speaking to you on behalf of our elder team, our pastors, and leaders. When I come up here and I tell you, listen to me closely. Get out your Instagram story and send it to everybody who's not here right now. We see you. And we absolutely love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. If you're young here today, we see you and we love you. We love your energy. We love your enthusiasm. We love how you see life as your oyster. And every day is a new opportunity to dream and love and grow into becoming who God has called you to be. Your passion excites us and it pulls us on to do good. So thank you, young people, for being a part of Mosaic church. If you're too old to be considered young here today, I will let you decide whether or not that applies to you. Uh, But if you're too old to be considered young, we love you. We love you. We love what you bring to this family. We appreciate your wisdom and we value your lived experience. In fact, we appreciate the fact that you can teach us from your lives, not just from what you read on a page somewhere. Honestly, you encourage us just by showing up. Because let me tell you what happens. When I see someone who's walked more miles than I have show up, I think, man, if they can do it, I can do it. And then when I get invested in their lives and I learn about all the mess that they've been through, because some of y'all have been through some mess. When I see some people and I know what they've been through and I think, man, they're still serving God. Man, what I'm going through ain't that big of a deal. If they can do it, I can do it. My faith is encouraged. And I appreciate you on the older end of the spectrum for just being here and letting your life be a testimony. If you ever start to think, man, that is a young church and I just don't belong there. That is a lie from the devil. I'm here to tell you right now. I pray for more silver-headed saints to come into this church almost every single day. Because how many know a good mom and dad can make all the difference in the kind of children that you raise? So we appreciate you, and we're glad that you're here. If you're single in this church, man, we love you. And we see you. And let me tell you something that I especially love about single people. I love that you're actually able to put on display a brand of Christianity that is more similar to what eternity is going to look like than anyone who's married ever could. Your commitment to the sufficiency of Jesus challenges us and encourages us. And I also want to say to those of you who are single here today, I have a message for you. And I hope you married folk will listen as I tell them because you might need to hear it too. If you're here single today, you are not half a person. You're not waiting on your better half. You're a whole person. My Bible said that you were made in the image of God. My Bible says you can hear from God. My Bible says that you can speak from God. And in this church family, you could and should do all of the above. We are grateful for you being here. We need your perspective on culture and community and to help us see the things that we can't see anymore because we move beyond where you're at in a sense. But we sometimes just got to come back and say, man, oh, that's what that looks like. Thank you for helping us. Let's marry folk get myopic, man, with too much focus on the family. We need to focus on the kingdom of God and you actually help us do that in ways we can't do ourselves. If you're married here today, we love you. Man, we really do. We love the unity that it actually sows into our body when we see two people committed to each other no matter what. We actually love to learn from watching you fight for what matters. We see God in the way that you work together for the common good. And we admire the sacrificial love that you put on display as you serve one another as unto the Lord. We're encouraged and educated and inspired by watching you raise your children. Thank you for trusting us, not only with yourself, but with your whole family. We couldn't be who we are without you. You are what makes Mosaic. All of you, everything I've just said, every category of person, you're what makes Mosaic Mosaic. No matter your age, your marital status, your skin color, your cultural background, we're glad that you are a part of Mosaic. And I don't want you for a second to think that you have to come here and look like, talk like, dress like, be like anybody else. We just want you to come and be the best you that you can be into the glory of God. And we're going to love you right where you are. We're going to love you on your journey. We're going to love you where God's got you going. And so I I I want to just challenge and also commission each and every person here today. To not only see it as a good thing, which it is, that you get to come and sit in a room like this with a bunch of people different than you. That's pretty amazing in and of itself. But I want you to see it as an opportunity to participate in the building of God's mosaic as you reach out to people who are different than you and you pull them close in love, encouragement, and acceptance. It's in the joining together through our differences that a real mosaic comes together. So if you're on the older end of the spectrum, Find someone younger, invite them into your life because you need them. If you're on the younger end of the spectrum, find someone older and invite them into your life because you need them. If you're married here today, find some single people and invite them into your life because you. And if you're single here today, find yourself some married people and invite them into your life because you need them. No matter your skin color, no matter your gender, Find somebody different than you and invite them into your life. If you want to help build a mosaic that actually looks more like heaven, you'll do all of that. Because when we have people from different backgrounds, from different perspectives, from differences they can't even affect or change, and they come together around the unity of Jesus Christ, we start to look like what heaven will look like. So invite them into your life because you need them. And oh, by the way, when you do that, bring them in in meaningful ways. When you invite someone from a different disposition than you into your life, don't expect them to come and conform to your culture. Take some time to learn about their culture. Don't ask them to come in and adopt your way. of uh, Come do life with me, my life way. Learn about their way of life and see how you might could grow in the things that they know. You see, the more we cross over the natural boundaries and stir up love for one another, the more supernatural our lives and our testimonies will become. Because we're a church that Jesus is building. Jesus is about the the building of a church, a mosaic of a church with all different kinds of people, marked by all kinds of different things, but first and foremost, marked by a love for Jesus and for his church. Jesus is building a church like that. And this church is that church. And when you start to see all this clearly, when you start to realize not just who you are, but whose you are, you get to the last point today, don't shrink back. I want to just tell you, you're not called to wander around out there on some unidentified spiritual journey. You're called to be a part of the church that Jesus is building. And when you see that, and then you realize that this church is that church that you belong here at Mosaic, you'll find that you can't help it anymore. You'll live a life that can't quit, won't quit, and won't string back from whatever comes your way. And this is why Hebrews 10.35 tells us, don't throw away your confidence. And why verse 39 of the chapter says, because of everything you've just heard. When you get to the end of a chapter and it says something like that. You should pay attention to what comes next. Because of everything you've just heard, don't shrink back. Man, man, I actually love the way Eugene Peterson interprets this final passage. I want to read it for you. Starting in uh, verse 32, he says, Remember those early days after you first saw the light. Those were hard times. Kicked around in public. Targets of every kind of abuse some day it was you some days it was your friends if your friends went to prison while you stuck by them if some enemies broke in and seized all your goods you let them go with a smile knowing they couldn't touch your real treasure nothing they did bothered you and nothing set you back so don't throw it all away now you were sure of yourself then and it's still a sure thing but you need to stick it out staying with God's plan so that you'll be there for the promised completion because we're not quitters who lose out oh no We'll stay with it and survive trusting all the way. Don't you love that? man I love that. We're not quitters we're not losers. We're not scared we're not shrinking back. Oh no we've got a promise to hold on to. We have people to love. We have hearts that need healing. We have a gospel to preach not just with our words but with the way that we live our lives. Our faith is sure. Our confidence is strong. Our resolve can't be shaken because Jesus is building a church and this church is that church and it's a church that will assault the gates of hell and hell will not prevail hell may try to stop you but it won't overcome. Hell may try to lie until you, you're not called here, but the devil's the liar, and he's gonna lose. We walk by faith and not by fear. No matter the persecution, we will prevail. No matter the hard season, we will prevail. Fear will come and tell you, you don't belong here. But faith will rise up and say, I know I am called here. These are my people, this is my church. Jesus is building it, and I'm glad to be a part of it.